everybody. My name is Breezy. This is the very first episode of the one-time event interview series. We'll be doing this hopefully every week with a new burner friend of mine. We sit down, we sit and chit-chat about burn events and the future of Flipside and etc. This last Thursday, Thomas from the AAR LLC uh, swung by and we talked for about an hour for a warning. The audio is not as quite of quality that I would like it to be. So please bear in mind that this is the first one that we have, and hopefully it will just get better from here. If you like it, tell your friends. Thanks very much. All right, Thomas, I'm, I'm really happy that you actually even made it here, and I'm actually really surprised that you're the first one that I can actually get <laughs> to come out to do one of these things, you know? Well, and it was an adventure getting here. It rained in Austin, for goodness sake. So this is the experiment of trying to do these uh, this interview series, and I don't really want to call it an interview series. I don't really want to call it a podcast. It's more or less a get-to-know-you kind of thing with the burners out there. And I've been going to Flipside for four years now, and my brother has been going for about a decade. And I know several people who have gone for several years that don't necessarily know a lot more than their own burner circle than the ones that they want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to know the, the community that we have. And this is kind of why I, I started this and just kind of know get to know the various people that actually run Flipside and, and do combustion chambers and even theme camp leads. I'd like to know their story. And, you know. So what brought you to the burner community? Uh, that's a good question. I guess starting from the beginning makes a lot of sense. Um, my first burn was in 2002, so I've been doing this for 12 years now, and um, I was introduced to Burning Flipside and the community, uh, a friend of mine named Effie, who was also a volunteer uh, with the Combustion Chamber, and a lead, and an all-around kick-ass person uh, in town, lots of people know her here in Austin, uh, she introduced me to Flipside and said, hey, there's this thing you need to do. Um, she and I had known each other at that point, let me think, like for five years. And um, and a lot of people, it's really funny, there were a lot of people that I met before Flipside who I found out were going to Flipside. Um, I've heard that story a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool. One of my favorites is Beth, because Beth, Beth and I go back years and years before Flipside. It was really weird, though, that uh, I ran into her at Flipside, and then we worked together uh, on the board for Austin Artistic Reconstruction for so long. It's just that's just one of those things that happens, I guess, only in Austin and only at Flipside. But I actually knew her before. Uh, I think either of us had gone to a burn. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, Effie's the one who introduced me to the community. I was uh, in the ear and condom camp. So the you know the the earplugs. Yes. Yes, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, and condoms. And so this was back at Rec Plant. Uh, that was down the rabbit hole. 2002. Okay. It's very cool burn. That was our first unburn, by the way. They we uh-huh. disassembled, yeah. That we disassembled the Joker. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it was so it was sort of like a Wonderland theme. Right. And right. So, and so the Joker was built out of playing cards. He was sort of like a constructicon. I've, I've actually seen art of that burn. Yeah, and I think that was at Wonderland that they had the art of these what the burns look yeah. like. Yeah. There was one that was just playing cards. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's the Joker. That piece was also rebuilt or re-explored uh, in a panel uh, for the Ouroboros. If you if you think about that first core, 
mm-hmm. the Circle of Regional Refugees out of at Burning Man. Right. Yeah. So one of the panels there. So they they basically built sort of a a scale or a segment on the Ouroboros serpent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And every segment was a year for Flipside. Oh, okay. Cool. So they had thirteen of them there, and one of them was the Joker, which was cool. That that is pretty cool. So yeah. I did ask a few of my uh, burner friends, uh, you know, like a question that they might want to know from you. It's, but how did you get involved in getting on to the AAR LLC? Like, what was the process going from, you know, 2002 until getting on to the actual thing? Oh wow. Okay. Um. Well, I was, um, I was, I was a participant, and I definitely participated. I had a great time in 2002. Uh, hung out with the drum gods, played a lot of music, played drums. Um, it's actually what got me into playing drums in my rock band, so the Bare Bones Orchestra. So that's like that was like Flipside did that because I was playing hand drums for Flipside, and then I later went on to to play a kit. And in a similar way, volunteering by just doing got me into volunteering for a lead role. So then I was clean up lead for one year, and then eventually. Uh, site sign-off, the first site sign-off area facilitator at Flat Creek. And then, um, I think it was after that year, so I guess let me think about that. What year was that? 2006, maybe 2007? People were interested in and seeing what I would do in the community, so I was asked to look at either joining the board or maybe the combustion chamber. But my daytime job didn't keep me, could it kept me away from doing that, and I let people know. And I let them know why. And it was kind of a big deal because I worked for the university and they were doing accreditation and I was helping with that. So I knew my time was completely gone. But they remembered me and they asked me again the following year and I had time. And I said yes. That was 2008, maybe, yeah, 2009, late 2008. So just kind of volunteering and, and getting in and like knowing the right people. I mean, not necessarily knowing the right people, but, you know, meeting a lot more people and and demonstrating skills of what you do? I think that's what it was. Uh, people people saw what I did. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that um, anyone should hide their capabilities, you know, ever. You should always do and be the best you can be. And I did, for flip side, what I would do, you know, for a friend. And they said, hey, there's a giant effigy scar. Clean it up. <laughs> right on. Right. And I did. And then it was like, would you be in charge of the cleanup details for all of the uh, event? Sure. Did that. And then, <laughs> you know, you just sort of do. And, and I think uh, some of it's also uh, email. You know, the Austin list, I mm-hmm. would sometimes uh, you know, uh, opine, let people know something. If there's a big discussion, I would talk on the list and people liked what I had to say. Things like that. And I know you do a lot more. Every time that I see you at Flipside, I actually... It's it's kind of a surprise yeah. for me because half the time that I ever see you at Flipside is that you're working. How many hours do you actually think that you put in at Flipside working? Not necessarily that. Whenever you came and visited uh, the Secret Giraffe Party, I yeah. was actually blown away that you actually came, that you made time to come out. Yeah, and that that meant a lot. And because I know that you every time that I see you, you're always all right. I'm about to go on shift. I'm on shift. Right. Things of that nature. I know you work a ton out there. Right. How many hours? That's a really good question. It's almost it's almost a question that's um, okay. Here, here's an easy one. How many hours do you get to actually enjoy the event? All of them. All of them. There you go. Yeah. Basically, when when uh, when I arrive on Monday pre-event, actually, and so, you know, during 
load in the warehouse mm -hmm. and then setting up over the weekends and then going out there. Uh, all that's fun. But when I show up on Monday, which is uh, one of the, I guess, perks of, of volunteering on the board of directors, mm -hmm. we get to be there to set up everything so that when get the gate staff show up, we're setting up, you know, the, the gate where everyone gets processed, including all the early entry and infrastructure setup folks. So we're already there. That's awesome. Because you look at the ground that's almost empty. It's staged. There are flags. You know, there's a lot of work that went in that previous weekend. But there's no one there that day, Monday. Monday night especially. It's quiet. And it's quiet for the last time. <laughs> well, that's what I find with uh, with work weekends are the um, when you go out there and you know it's Flipside. You know it's Pyropolis. Right. But it's not. It's there. And you can go over, go over to where your camp is or, or you were last year and go, this is the spot that we had. Right. And it's very – it's it's a little surreal to just see it open and empty. and But it's very cool. Yeah, I think, like of, it. I think of it as like Brigadoon, you know, the, the city that appears, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, you're there and you wander around and it's not there, but you can sort of hear the echoes of it. And you look around and you remember last year, oh, yeah, that's the tree – Oh yeah, that's the you know that's oh that this is the path and you'll go this way and oh yeah that camp was over there mm -hmm. you know uh, this is where this is where I fell down because I had a little bit too much to drink <laughs> you know things like that happen uh, and you look around and you kind of see it but you're right it's not there but it's there mm -hmm. at work weekends in much the same way my fun at Flipside kind of starts just upon arrival on Monday night mm -hmm. Monday Monday night we're setting up doing stuff. And no one's there. And I'm just there with my teammates. Mm. Uh, so right now that's six people. I've had a great time doing pre-event setup with them. Um, and if you can imagine all of Flipside with only six people there, that can give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Anyone who's done a work weekend knows what I'm talking about. Right, right. I have done a work weekend. Yeah. They're yeah. very cool. I recommend them highly. Everyone should do that at least once. Yes. Yes, it's, definitely. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, then... You know, then Tuesday starts, and then 120 people show up, and then Wednesday, and then another 300 people show up, and then it's Thursday, and literally 1,800 people are on site at the end of Thursday. Friday, almost everyone else is there, and then Saturday and Sunday is like 100 people. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the city is built. And then on Monday, everyone leaves. It's amazing. Yeah, it's got to be surreal a little bit just to go from here is there are the six of us in trees right to a couple of days later now there's a city exactly that's and that's and, and you you watch it pop up it's watching watching flipside come up is like watching mushrooms come out of the ground it's like watching uh an agave plant with that you know flower that comes out of those things those 18 and 20 foot spears that come up you literally watch it grow you could you could walk outside and then an hour later come back for lunch and look at it and that plant just got bigger, yeah, it grows that fast and you know these are things that you normally never see, mm -hmm. right? So one day there's like a little bud of a mushroom on the ground and then the next day it's a cap and it's like four inches tall. You're like, whoa, when did that happen? Right. Flipside does the same thing, only it's much louder. <laughs> uh, have you actually have gone to any other burns other than just flips? I'm sure you have, but like, what other ones have you actually gone to? Or? Yeah, I have actually. Um, when I think back to when I first started going to burn events, my favorite thing about it was I started with Flipside and I kept it going. I went to Orphaner, um, 
which is the you know the orphan burn if you don't go to the desert uh, over Labor Day. And I had a great time there. So I've been to quite a few of those. Um, I've been to Mischievia, which is a lot of fun. That's that's actually you know don't tell anybody, but that's my favorite burn. <laughs> it is, and I'll tell you why. It's my favorite burn because um, it's an event that definitely has no problem recognizing it came from a theme camp and it came from the flip side. So then, hey, let's do this too. Let's do it at home. And they did it, which is fantastic. But when I go to Mischievia and have fun, I don't have to volunteer. It's not right. It's not my burn event, quote unquote, <laughs> my burn event. And just being able to hang around with everybody, cut loose a little bit, you know, and there's there's never getting away from that. You know, there's never getting away from, you know, why well, expect more from you, Thomas? My goodness, you're this and that and the other. And I've heard it. I've heard it from everyone. There's no pleasing everybody. You, I don't get to completely be myself ever. And when I stop serving on AARLC, maybe a year after that, I might be able to. <laughs> but for those for those of y'all who've ever heard of me <laughs> from years past, or you know. Yeah, I look forward to being able to do that kind of shenanigans again. Sure. Yeah. And the one thing I will admit about uh, about Mischievia mm-hmm. is that it reminds me of all the stories that I hear about previous flip sides from exactly. 2002. Exactly. And it's the we were you know the the one story that I always hear about mm-hmm. is you know we were next to the sound camp and our our mattresses were rattling from the base. And whenever I went to Flipside the first time, where my camp was, we didn't have that problem. But when I went to Mischievia, and I'm not going to call it a problem, but that's what I experienced. I exactly. experienced that the tent experience. shaking, yeah. going, okay, yeah. this is what this is what they were all talking about. Exactly. And I'm fine with it. It's awesome. But, all right, this it, it reminds me of all those stories. How, how to explain this? Um, those block rocking beats, you know what I mean? Being able to feel the earth shake underneath your feet because you're there with maybe 600 people who are all into that is very different from being somewhere where there are 2,000 people and there are far more opinions and some people want it to be a little quieter than that. So we all have to negotiate and share the space and work out how we're going to do that. But when you're smaller, and this is the joy of those, those smaller events, uh, you get way more like-minded people who are far more interested in seeing how far we can push it together, and then they do. Then they push it, and no one's going to complain that it's too loud, you know, because that that next set of people aren't there. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. And so that, yeah, it, it mischief reminds me of the earlier flip sides, and that's where I get to relax a little bit. Um, so I really enjoy that. Freezer burn is also very much like it. Have you been to one of those? Yes. Yeah, I did. I went to the last one, and okay. it, was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was just too damn cold. Oh. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point. <laughs> I No, no. Whenever you go to a burn that's called freezer burn, and it's in January, yeah. I wasn't mad that it was cold. It was just, I'm expecting this. This is what I get to deal with. Right, you know? yeah. Freezer burn, Texas, is definitely respite from the heat. So, you know, if you think about the only time that you could have a burn in Texas where it's actually playa coat weather, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can actually put on some layers and have a good time or huddle by a fire. Sure. And not try to stay away from it, but like try to get closer. Right. That it, would, it, yes. Last year was great. I, yes. I had a great time out there. And and after this last flip side, uh, I have been thinking about, you know, before, you know, when I went to Mischievia, I thought, 
well, that's great. I had a great time. I don't ever have to do it again. Same thing with uh, freezer burns. That's great. I had a great time. I don't ever have to do it again. And mostly uh, mischievous was because it's 5,000 miles away and uh, because uh, freezer burn is cold. But after this last flip side, it got me really back into the, no, I do want to go back. Right. I would love to. That's, there always uh, those all of those issues of 5,000 miles away and freezing. <laughs> right. But no, it's actually got me to that point of, I really enjoy it. I want to go back. Yeah. And, those... and, and be better prepared. Like, you want to make oh, sure yeah. you've got oh, all no. the hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get that, uh, that little space heater. Exactly. And be fine. No, you know, that's what's so fun. Um, you know, people people will pack for the elements. And when they're doing that, they'll insulate a yurt or even like a soul pad or something. They'll put it in air conditioning and so forth. But at freezer burn, it's like, Where's my camp stove? <laughs> yeah, it was more or less, you know what? I can go ahead and make coffee right now. It's yeah. cool. I'm going to hang out in the kitchen. Exactly. It's, yeah, freezer burn, mischievia, burning man, of course, uh, the orphan events, other non-burns that are like burn light. And I'm looking forward to more of those. I'm really excited to see more of those coming up. So, yeah, the one in uh, Corpus Christi is very well done. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That's a great example. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see so many people uh, trying something new. And when they go out, you know, one of my favorite things about that that particular burn, I think that's what we're going to call it. I think I think that's totally what what Parsons looking for. Yes. Yeah. No, it was straight up. Yeah. I mean, more like a it is a burn. Yes. Was straight up. Uh, but it was also kind of cool because it was you know that about a hundred people. Yeah. Out there, kind of a small theme camp. Yeah, a lot of local. See, that's what I that's what I really like about it. Um, from the burning perspective, like if you're gonna look at it from like how Burning Man would approach it or how a lot of burn events would think of it, this is more like a decompression. Right. It's more like that uh, open party where people can come and figure out what burning is, meet everyone, get involved, and, and there's a lot of giving. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's sort of there's you know there's often a lot of discussion about and this being decompression and I had a decompression party, but you know in a really great sense, um, having the locals welcoming everyone in and slowly but surely showing by example what a burn is and then getting everyone involved in like cleaning up the beach, right? Right. All of that was very much like doing a 90-degree turn from a regular burn where everyone kind of gets it and everyone's kind of learning it, but, you know, one out of five maybe doesn't know what's going on. Where here, literally, you know, half the people don't know what's going on, per se. That's cool. That's the spirit of the original burn. That's the spirit of, you know, having a burn on a beach. Right. You know, and, and, and I really like that, that open block party kind of concept. And, and so, yeah, the beach burn really excites me. I'm glad to see so much. I've heard uh, wonderful stories about it, and I like the idea of changing it in. I like the idea of the locals really taking ownership of that beach and realizing that that paradise that they have can be maintained and supported in a different way. My hat's off the park. Getting that message out there. Right, and I think it actually, uh, I mean, I wasn't there for, you know, straight up cleanup or anything, but I think they cleaned that beach up way better than, you know, they left it much nicer than whenever they got there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they pulled out a lot of metal and a lot of yeah, just in that Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, every time every time um, there's an event out there and people get out there, it'll, it'll be improved. 
it's it's the same story with all of the burn events. Every time I hear about a burn event going to a, um, a property, I always sort of smile inwardly and think about what boon the landowner is getting. Right. Because yeah. You know, yeah, because even going to, I remember our first flip side at uh, Apache Pastures, mm-hmm. you know, in 2010. When we went there, um, one of the things that we looked around and saw was a little bit of move here and there. You know, it, it, was a, it was a pasture, and there were cans, and there were old things, things that had been out there for years, 10, 15 years, rusted, you know, whatever. But the year after that, not only did we move our event, we also moved to the property. And even said, you know, during pre-event, we moved the property, it was improved. Every burn event does that. You know, celebrate the fact that a burn event showing up because you're going to end up with a pristine space. Right. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. All right, here's one that I got. Have you ever found that you, have you ever found that you've ever been a part of the problem? Yeah, of course. You want me to talk about it? Well, I mean, well, well, they're, they're, you know, this is really Lurko's story to tell. Uh, but at Mischievia in 2009, um, you know, there were wild boars on the loose. There have been talk of dragons. And, uh, you know, boars need to be speared. Dragons need to be shortened or clubbed or offered uh, a bottle of truth. So, yeah, yeah, the, I, I, would, I would say that, you know, uh, in pursuit of a problem, one finds a solution. I like being a part of both. <laughs> All right, here's one that I want to know. Why don't you have a burner? I mean, I mean, you're known as Thomas. I know you as Thomas. Right. Like that. And I, I do know several people who don't have... It's not a big thing. It seems like it's a very big part of the, uh, the culture mm-hmm. to have one. Right. Just, why not? Right. Uh, a burner name or a flyer name, those are those are interesting things. Um, most of the time, I don't know, I... This, this is sort of a philosophical thing, so it's my philosophy. Um, I think that every nickname has to be uh, genuine and it's sort of applied to you. You know, you, you don't you don't come up with your own nickname, you're kind of inherited. Sure. You know, your parents give it to you, your siblings give you one, your cousin, you know, pushed you over when you were nine at a birthday party and it's stuck. Right, you know, Whatever right. that story is. All right, so everybody's got something like that out there. Well, I don't have a nickname. Right, I, I'm, I'm my name, my first name, you know, Thomas is my name. Um, you know, growing up, I was Tommy or Tom because family, you know, they call you Tommy when you're little, and they keep calling you that when you grow up. So you know, there's that. But I never had a name that that stuck. Like I never did anything that made anyone think that I needed to have a name. So you know, even though I've been going to Burns for a long time, and even though I've, I've cut up some and done a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, for whatever reason, I was never given one. Never. And, uh, you know, and I never gave myself. Right. Uh, and I guess maybe that's a part of it. Maybe you're kind of asking why Why do people give themselves burner names? Kind of, well, I mean, I, I've gone through that. You know, I think it, to a certain extent, yeah, I do agree that it, it is sometimes very silly to give yourself a, a, any kind of nickname. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, I kind of think that one thing that I find interesting with uh, any kind of burner name, nickname, my name, is that it's not just a burner thing. That there are other 
there are other events out there that actually do this. Oh yeah, and absolutely. You know, there, there's you know, DefCon has one. Yeah, um, I mean, another one lumped in, but even the Juggalos do that as well. Sure, they, and, they all do that. Right, and right. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if you want to identify yourself as something other than, you know, technically you want to say that Flipside is not a part of the default world. Give yourself a non-default name, and I understand that as well. Right. Well, here this and this is sort of that 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 philosophy mm-hmm. coming out. You know, I think that that's a, I think that's a, an artistic aspect, and I'm glad that people do it because they are assuming persona. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you assume a persona like that, then you end up with an ideal, perhaps, or maybe something different from your day to day. So uh, some people choose ideals. You know, as their as their player names or burner names, and so they want to be like this person, which they don't get to be in the real world, the default world. And so perhaps in the real world of burn, they get to be everything that their name indicates. And that's important. That's good. Um, so assuming a persona and being that that person that one wants to be is a good thing. I got to be Thomas. You know what I mean? Like I, I just get to be me. I just get to be more me. And no hold, no holds barred. Is, is I don't know. That's still Thomas, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, what has actually been your uh, favorite burn? I mean, actually, not just mis, you know mischievous, but actually flip side. You know, what year? What oh. year stands out the most to you? Wow, wow, that's a good question. It's almost an impossible question. Um, I can tell you that. Burns that really stand out to me are the ones that have, um, they're like milestones. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, emotional or historical significance, if that makes sense, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember my first burn. I loved it. I remember my last burn at Rec Plant, mm-hmm. the rocket. Um, Intergalactic Circus was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first burn at Flat Creek. Black Creek Ranch. That was great. You know, um, our fall from grace, which was, it, it was, it was a very interesting burn in a lot, in a great sense. Um, our last burn there, which turned out, you know, to be, for some people, kind of uh, bittersweet because you know a lot of people liked the property and it was really amazing and what we could do there was great. And then we went to the new place. Mm-hmm. For 2010, so the post apocalyptic prom was, you know, that was that was a truly astounding burn too, because it was a new event site, more people, um, an amazing effigy. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like whenever there are transitions, I really like those. Sure. sure. Yeah. So I like. I, I guess I would say I like transitionals. Um, what burn do I? I mean, I. I can tell you what my favorite fire was. All right, go for it. What's what was that one? You know, when it comes to like fire art, I mean, the, you know, kinetic sculpture, mm-hmm. right? Kinetic sculpture is a really cool thing. Watching someone mold fire and make it kinetic sculpture is really amazing. And um, that's one of the things I love about burns. So it was, it, it stood in my mind. I want to see something like that every time I go to a burn. But I have to say that um, the fire for Bad Idea, Burning Bridges, Mm -hmm. that fire was amazing because you could see this amazing pressure wave come off of the 
have you ever seen have you ever seen um, shots of waves that surfers are surfing on? Yes. And you've seen them from under underwater? Yes, I actually so, I saw one today. Okay. Actually. There you go. So an underwater wave, mm-hmm. you know, when you see a wave from underwater, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we saw that coming off of the bridge, and it was made of fire. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be a, it might be just a straight cop out because Bad Idea was my first burn. It okay. actually was my favorite so far. Okay. Just the effigy was amazing. Yes, especially with you know the fire actually um, incorporated in with the 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 pickets. Yeah. On on the yeah. on the bur- on the bridge. Yeah, the fence. And, and the, the fact the that fencing. it's it's such a perfect you know what's a bad idea you burn a bridge. Yeah. You know that so, whole so thing. So we we built a bridge and then we set it on fire. Exactly. That's yeah, such exactly. a great idea. And uh, that that. Of course, you know, first burns for most people are their favorite burn. Everyone that I've talked to, when I say, well, what's your favorite burn? It's their first one. It's the most transformative. Right. Yeah. So that's I, the one that affects them the most. And I get that. I get that. Um, so that's why I like, I guess that's why I like milestone burns, mm-hmm. because um, something about them, I think, are, are it's, it's easy to engage in them in a deeper way, because mm-hmm. it's not just another burn, as in, you know, as you might say. Well, yeah, that was which which year was that? And you're kind of rem- trying to remember, right, you know, right. some detail, and it's hard to tell. Were we camped with? Were, did we camp together? Was that other camp over here, or was mm-hmm. it to the left, or I don't know? Oh, that was the year the truck broke down. You know what I mean? Like people have ways to try to try to signpost. A, a lot of my friends all have the most of them have the same like the same one. So uh, a lot of them are Glitter Monkey Rodeo. Oh yeah. So it's a lot of no. Their first one was Glitter Monkey Rodeo. Right, this right, right. So it's a lot of a lot of my campmates have that as their first one. Sure, man. You know, I, I really have to hand it to all of our our, our DAF volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, the design and fabrication team. They are amazing, um, and all of our leads for those. They all do some really fantastic art, and I think I think it says a lot that people really like their first burn and their first effigy, right? It says a lot because none of them were really duds, right? If no, you think definitely, about it. definitely. Um, so I, I just love that. I think that's fantastic. And I, and I also hesitate to even say that you know a specific burn was even bad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't see the one uh, for Bandersnatch. Mm, okay. But I didn't get I didn't get to see that burn. That's right. That's right. We were working together actually. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was actually prepared for that one. I knew well in advance that I wasn't going to right. see the burn, so I wasn't necessarily trying to go after and going like I didn't really want to miss it, mm-hmm. you know. So I kind of distanced myself away from it. I, the stuff that I saw was very cool. Yeah, good. I'm glad um, you saw some. Stuff. I, I did. I definitely did see some of those things, but you know, and I really have hesitate to say that oh, this burn was better than the other burn, right, or any of that. But I mean, uh, I think Bad Idea was my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, even the uh, Freaky Deaky Time Machine, I think that was a really good show. Yeah, you know it was. this last one was very good as well. Yes, it was. You know, so I I hesitate to even knock any of them because I I can't right. really. Right. They're all have been very good. They stand they stand independently of each other. I mean, right. so I mean, it, it, so it turns into a, just a completely subjective analysis. Like mm-hmm. what what. What mattered most to me? What did I really like? What have I never seen before that that burn had? And sometimes it's an effigy design. Sometimes it's the way the fire works. You know, uh, that that kind of thing. And that's why I really like the burning bridges. 
you know, because that was the first time I ever saw a wave rolling off a bridge with like, you know, what was it like 10 mile an hour, five mile an hour wind. Mm-hmm. And then it just hit the fire, fed itself. Yeah. definitely. And, and so then the wind started to blow further, you know, and, and that's because of the fire draw. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just uh, I just love that. It was also beautifully designed. Dottie, too. well, yeah, Dottie, Dottie did an amazing, amazing amount. There was an amazing amount of engineering that went into that. Um, and I suggest, if you feel like it, I suggest you spend some time interviewing her. I have no problem interviewing anybody. She's that wants done a to. couple of FGs. She's, you know, our art area facilitator. She's cool. Uh, you should ask her about that bridge because there's some very cool ideas about it. Did you see that it was modeled on? Uh, it was on a connect, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly. Connect. And and so there was a woman mm-hmm. leaning back, exactly. And then they they uh, motion captured, you know. And and the idea was to get um, a catenary curve with a, a human mm-hmm. actually reaching back, um, you know, tummy up, back down, reaching backwards mm-hmm. uh, to clasp hands with someone else mm-hmm. to build a bridge. And that that was done in real life. And then they modeled the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. No, it yeah. was it was an amazing, amazing piece of art. It was. It really it was. was. What would you like to see? Just as Thomas, what would you like to see the future of Flipside be? I mean, be bigger or smaller or? Um, oh yeah, I see. I see. Okay. That kind of. Um, you know, the future of it. The future of the event. Well, you know, the thing about it is, I always, I always want Flipside. You know the difference between a good fire and a bad fire. A good fire is a fire that feeds itself but eventually dies down. And a bad fire is a fire that you, no one has control over. Even the fire doesn't have control of itself. Right. It spreads. It goes crazy. It's sort of the difference between fires, I guess. Um, I like Flipside to be a good fire. I want it to grow to the size that it can support. It's self-supporting. Um, it's best when it's organically developed when uh the community goes in and makes things happen when um new ideas are developed by theme camps deciding they're going to do something new that no one's ever done before um the secret giraffe party by the way uh i loved that game because we all got to go in and play a trivia game i've never seen a trivia game at flipside that was awesome i mean how much fun is it to just get away from it all sit down and play a game with some people. Right. And yeah, laugh definitely. about stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, anytime you get to do something new, that's cool. Um, so, you know, like what would I daydream about Flipside? I daydream about a monorail. I'm not kidding. I daydream about like a zipline monorail where someone wants to get from one end to another. And instead of being on the road, you know, you can uh, get on a bicycle kind of thing. Sure. And bike overhead. Mm-hmm. you know, on a zip line and get from point A to point B. And maybe a cool design would be like three people towing and five people riding. Mm-hmm. And you can go from point A to point B. I don't know, just stuff. Just whenever someone does something really amazing and uh, and people try things that are new, I like it. And so for me, the future of Flipside is never boring. The idea is it's always something new. It's It's just the size it needs to be. And it's got... All of those elements that are not like, oh, that's so five years ago. Why haven't we done anything different? Yeah, as long as it's never boring in that sense, never dull from having been done before, mm-hmm. then Flipside is fantastic. And that's what I look for. That's what I dream about. And, and I'm just, you know, making up stuff like 
you know, the flip side monorail or whatever. But I really think that um, when you get thousands of people together with their own ideas and dreams and projects, you couldn't guess at what they're going to do. And that's fantastic. What was your, what's been your favorite thing to actually see at Flipside then? I mean, there's been a lot of things. And one of the things that I love coming back from, you know, one of the things my brother always tells me mm. is that if you go to uh, like Burning Man and you spend, I think he said, like five minutes at every installation, you still won't see everything. That's true. And uh, the one of the things I love is coming back from Flipside and seeing all the stuff I miss. Bicycle elevator. Never saw it. That's yeah. really cool. Or uh, one of the, the gyroscopes with the, the Oculus. Yeah. Didn't even get to see it. Right. You know, and I think that's really cool that I didn't get to see. And, you know, I look forward to maybe I'll see something really cool next year. And this year I actually went to more events than I ever do. I, I usually hang out at camp because people come and see us. Right, right. You have one of the greatest camps. Does everybody know what camp you're with? I try not to just publicize it as much. It's else. okay. You get to do it. It's it's you know this is where this is recorded. Right, but you know it, you know when when you're hanging out at the steam pot, a lot of people come by and see. Most of the, most right. of the burners come by. That's right. And drink coffee. That's right. And I get to see mostly at least the people who come by, and I get to see a lot of costumes. That's awesome. But I use that's what I usually do. And this is last year, I decided I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and see more stuff. Right. And this year I did. Cool. And I got to see a lot of things that. I wouldn't have gotten to see if I just hung out in camp. Well, I love your camp. I mean, I can tell you that's a destination. Uh, it's it's one of the things we, 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 I guess, is like every volunteer team talks about it. I'm not kidding. It's it's true. People say, you know, when 2 o'clock rolls around, and it's, it's either 2 p.m. because you're starting to get the nappies, you know, mm-hmm. you're trying to pass out, uh, or it's 2 a.m. and you're, you're wondering how you're going to make it to 4 Stop by the temple and steal that, and everybody knows that. All the volunteers. No, I'm sure they do, and, I, and one of the reasons why I don't like to necessarily talk about it is I fell into it. Okay. I fell into this camp, and and I, I, I am so lucky to be a part of uh, Steamy Pot. I just got lucky. Well, it's flip, basically flip, flip side. Flipside's lucky to have it. I'll tell you that. Flipside's lucky to have every single thing. You know, one of the things that I always tell people, um, and I'm not the only one, other people say it too, when you go to Flipside, spend time away from camp. Mm-hmm. You know, grab your gear, get your water, get your cup, make sure you have your headlamp handy, because even though it's two in the afternoon, you're not coming back to camp until who knows what time, and it'll probably be dark. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have your headlamp with you, things like that. And go out there, just go for a walk and check out who's around you. And then just let let Flipside lead the way, and you will find what you didn't know you were looking for. But when you found it, because you will find it out there, uh, it'll be that thing that you you had you have no idea how it was you went your whole life without seeing it before or finding it before or meeting that person, you know whatever it is. So you know what's my favorite discovery at Flipside? I guess. Um, that's, what have you seen? What what, what comes to mind? You well, I mean, there are a couple of things that that, that absolutely come to mind. Um, the danger couch is cool. I don't know if you remember the danger couch. It was uh, it was basically kind of like imagine a living room that's you know thirty feet in the air, sitting on a couch, drinking a beer from that high up in the air, looking out across Flipside. That's awesome. That is. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, going to the spillway by the water. 
and uh, getting pulled on a winch at a certain amount of speed very quickly so as to water ski. Uh huh. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, watching someone build a little train out of 55 gallon uh, drums and a lawnmower, and it was decorated and it was fantastic. And towing people around on this train with like five cars, you know, that was cool. Uh, just things. They're always things. Yeah, I did like the uh, the, inter- the the big pool tables this yeah. last year. Those were. And there were two of them. There were two of them. That, <laughs> I know, I know. That's I think that's fantastic. Uh, the giant pool tables were awesome. I got to play that to, uh, this year. Um, there are other games that uh, I got to play. Yeah, yeah. I like I like it when people bring interactive things where you get to meet strangers and work on a project together, mm-hmm. right? Um, some some of those things have been explored at other events too, but Flipside brings really high quality and i i really have to hand it to everyone who goes they all put in the time to do it it's great well you wanted to talk about this and maybe your thoughts about it about what happened at uh element 11 exactly i mean i had, i don't know if you I, I there was a, a great post on reddit about that someone had to get it off the chest of what happened yeah yeah and i read through that and, well know. i mean i i think that i think that it's impossible to um to talk like this and record and not spend a minute talking about the tragedy there. I think, I think that's important. Um, a celebration of a burn event is also recognition of the danger involved, you know? And so it's an absolute tragedy what happened. Um, it's a tragedy for the event organizers. It's a tragedy for everyone who witnessed it. Everyone who put in and created the art pieces that might be overshadowed by this, you know, everyone has to 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 live with it, right? But they get to live with it. The other aspect of this tragedy is the death, and I'm glad that there's a fundraiser to help offset the costs for sort of settling all of the the accounts that have to be settled, you know, when when one uh, dies. And um, so I'm glad that the the greater burner community out there is doing a fundraiser to help support um, a widow now because of this um, tragedy. So, um, you know, I I think that I think that we have to um, we have to take a minute and not take for granted our lives and our experiences. And and the challenge of going to a burn event is not only in realizing what amazing potential exists between us there's there's what you have and there's what you do with others and that's where magic really happens you know that's that's the beauty of a theme camp that's the beauty of an art piece you know when you work with others and make something amazing um you know the challenge is when we all do these things and what do we do afterward how do we look after each other or what do we do um to support each other when one of us is hurt so extremely so I, I think i think that um we'll all find out more about what happened you know there's still investigations going on um but i think that element 11 went through what no burn event should have to see um and i'm glad to say that every burn event plans for it there's always a perimeter and there's always you know fire safety teams and so forth and that's the point 
you know, having, having done stuff with um, Austin Artistic Reconstruction for a couple of years now, I can tell you that um, when it comes to fire safety, whenever someone feels like maybe the fire safety people are kind of in the way or, you know, why, why, is, why is there always so much organization, you know, that kind of thing, that's why. You know, and so uh, there's always that balance. How do you, how do you make chaos possible, right? How do you how do you make sure that you have a good fire, not the bad fire? Right, definitely. And I think it's it's you know the the testament to the community that actually will chip in to to support. You know that that's that's a big testament to the community. And they they do that on on small scale. We had you know the tree compression. Yes. With you know the you know stuff that was destroyed. And helping out, yes. and and you know, with this one that happened at, you know, at a burn event, you know, five states away, six states, whatever, however far it is away, they're still helping out mm-hmm. as a as a uh, full phone, full blown community, not just the people who were at the event. No, it's you know. right, exactly. Um, and and you know, part of that is is how different the world is now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about how Burning Man started out. Um, the world was different. And if you think about when Flipside started out, the world was different. Social media makes it possible to get the word out quickly. Uh, there are a lot of people who are integrated, you know, in their day-to-day lives so they can very quickly, you know, hook up with other burners and figure out what's going on. And so you can have these sorts of um, fundraisers. And then, you know, the advent of crowdsourcing makes big art possible, mm-hmm. you know, different projects possible. It also makes fundraising. And that's that's another point I wanted to kind of bring up. What what do you think about you know the you know, Kickstarter is not the right word because that's just that's technically a brand name. Sure, but just the the crowdfunding well, of, kick, of kickstart kickstart a kickstart of any yeah. kind is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, if there's anything that you can do to make something that's independent go, uh, sometimes you want to make it go go better, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so that's cool. Um, and, uh, you know, fundraising, that's, that's, that's fun. So sometimes we call that fundraising. I think that these are all good things because there was, um, if you think about what a burn event can do, right, it can, it can build community. It can help get people unified behind common purpose and try to, uh, do things that they themselves could never do by themselves. That's exactly what crowdfunding does. Because instead of having to depend on to depend on um, venture capitalists or um, trying to get a message out and having people, you know, mortgage homes to make something happen, what you can do is have everyone around you maybe chip in a little bit if they like what you're doing, and then with that, really help develop a dream, or in this case, solve a nightmare. You know, and that's. That's the other side of the coin. So another um, one last thing I'll, I'll wrap up on is what do you suggest for new burners to do when they're new in the community? I have, I have several friends that are, you know, they've been to one event or, you know, what would be your advice for, for new burners coming into the event or, you know, volunteering and there's oh, right. things. Right. You know, every year, nobody um, who's a fantastic person and personality. Nobody uh, produces a, a list of things for, for newbie burners to, to look to, you know, what, what to expect. And my favorite answer to that question.
question, like what would you, what should I expect? Just expect nothing. Um, so having that sort of Zen attitude about it all is very important. Um, whenever you can negate the thing that would be a roadblock to your experience, you're in a good place. Um, but you don't want to create a road, another wall in the process you know, to do that. So you want to, you want to have nothing there whenever possible. So, you know, my advice for that is don't volunteer. Actually, for your first burn, you should, you should volunteer. Um, and, and by this, I mean, like unofficially or like not on the clipboard of some lead somewhere, you know, um, you should volunteer by getting your stuff together, showing up, making your tent, feeding yourself, watering yourself, you know, taking care of yourself, your friend. If you go there together with someone, you know, you look out for each other, that kind of thing. Um, be educated and read the survival guide. Well, that's, that, that goes without saying. I mean, obviously you've got to learn, you gotta, you gotta learn how to do that. You have to be prepared. But once preparation is done, then you're at the event. And no amount of preparation is going to prepare you for your experience. 100%. It's, it's um, sort of a logical fallacy because it's like, how can you possibly be ready for anything when you walk out the door of your house? How could you possibly be ready for everything? Right? So you go to a burn event and, um, and it's your first time. You should be ready for anything, and you should let that anything happen. Um, so, I, I definitely recommend stuff like go with a friend. Going alone is cool; it's its own kind of adventure. But always go with a friend. Um, share stuff together, share experiences together, look out for each other. Especially if you both have never been. If you can go with someone else, that's even better because they've been before. Um, volunteer to look out for yourself. Volunteer look out for your friend. Make friends. Wander around. You owe it to yourself to go for a walk and, you know, reach out your hand and say hello to someone you otherwise would not have met before. Because you're there. You almost have to. You know, it's kind of like uh it's kinda of like flying to a beach in Tahiti and never getting out of your hotel room. You know, <laughs> what are you doing there? Right, definitely. So flip side is in much the same way. You know, you're out there. You're going to do it. So go do it. Now, the second year is more fun. Because, see, after the first year, you've you've seen a lot, but not everything. Because, you know, even you, you just said, you know, you, you, you've been how many years now and you still can't say you've seen everything every time. No, definitely. I've been, I've, been to four burn, I've been to four flip sides and seven burn events total. Mm -hmm. And I still don't get to see everything. Exactly. And that's okay. You sort of have to deal with that right oh yeah definitely, definitely right so uh so yeah second year what do you do well second year if you want to volunteer that's cool but um volunteer lightly in my opinion volunteer. I, I, I completely agree burnout is a uh, yeah it's rough yeah it is because you know it's it's never going to be um it's never going to be your first burn ever again so you know enjoy your first burn and when you go to your second burn don't overdo it because there will always be more to do I agree. Uh, my first burn, uh, a bad idea. I actually, I guess I would I accidentally volunteered. Yeah, that can um, happen. <laughs> my my brother was like, "I'm gonna go do shaving apes." Yeah. Want to go? Yeah. Okay. Right. Done. Can I help you? Pretty. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Was, All right. Let's do this. Yes. So, but uh, it was a great experience as well. Yeah. Well, then, see, that's the thing. I think that I think that uh, some of those volunteer experiences really help get you acquainted with what's going on in the event 
So uh, volunteering for Shaven Apes gets you around the city. You know, you're going to go around and help people. That's great. Not only do you have a task and you're going to help someone, which automatically puts you in a place where you get to meet strangers, right, and interact with a theme camp or interact with strangers and do stuff. That's cool. You also get to kind of push yourself. So finding one or two areas to volunteer in, but really just that, not for everything, just maybe one thing, that's, I think, very important. And then slowly figure out what you really want to do. Some people have skills in their day-to-day lives, and so they want to use those skills at the burn event. Um, Others want to try something new that they've never done. And in fact, that's why um, I think this is why our um, builds are so fantastic. Because people, you know, in their day-to-day lives, they don't build giant art pieces. But they get to do that for fun now. And so if you're going to do it once or twice, you're going to do the best damn job you can. And so people really stretch themselves that way. So, you know, the programmer will show up and spend all of his or her time cutting wood, sewing uh, sewing up things that are going to be skinned around something, that really great uh, crochet work that was done on the beard. Yeah, so stuff like that. Just people get out there and do stuff that they otherwise don't do on a day-to-day and try something new. Find that one thing and do it. And uh, and then figure out if you want to keep doing it, I guess. Or find something new to do. And the thing is that there's so many different things you can do that if you want, you can volunteer for something new every single year. When you're talking about 69 to 72, depending on how you look at it, independent leads who work together, there's something like 45 tasks. So if you do one every year, you can go into your middle age years and still not have done everything. Excellent, man. I want to pre- uh, thank you for even coming out. I appreciate this. And maybe this will actually, um, I can get a few more people to, because I'd love to, I have a lot of other people I'd like to just sit down and talk with. Yeah. And uh, I had a great time hanging out and uh, just chit-chatting with you. I appreciate you coming by. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I think this is great. Um, the the burn community, I think, is full of um, stories mm-hmm. and conversations. And finding them, that's yeah, great. Definitely. My, so thank you. One thing I one thing I did want to mention the uh, this is one of those things where I hear it at a combustion chamber uh, meetings, which most people should definitely come out and see come out to because they are by far one of the most interesting things that happens. Yep. And year you, round, year round, yeah. exactly. And you get to. You know, it's very inside baseball to a certain extent. Yeah. But I love hearing it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I go. And, right. And I get to I get to meet people like you, and uh, you know the LLC members and the CC members and all those people. And the one thing that uh, what sticks out to me is that this is uh, the community is a very duocracy thing. It's you know, and it's one of those. Well, someone should do this. You know, that that's what I hear a lot of. Yeah. Someone yeah. should do this. We should do this. Like, and I almost want to just raise my hand. And go. You should do this. People should know, you know, the people that are out here. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and, and should know their stories and know, uh, you know, what brings them to these events and the interesting. I think it's all fascinating. And this is my, oh, someone should do this. No, I should do this. So I'm going to do this. And this is, you know, first step in this. And thanks for even showing up and helping me, you know, do this. Well, Help. thank thank you for doing this because <laughs> I agree with you. Democracy basically means. Stop talking about a great idea and start working on that great idea because there are 15 people ready to help you. Do it. Yeah, definitely. Thank Thanks. you very much, Thomas. I appreciate you coming by.